episode eight. Let's go. Eighth episode of this is true. I can't believe I've done eight episodes already. Honestly, like I know it's really not that many, but I feel like I've recorded way more than that. Hopefully they're getting better. I feel like I'm getting more comfortable talking on the microphone and that sort of thing. So I hope that that's apparent to y'all that listen. Um, I, I hope so. If not, I apologize. But I feel more comfortable on the mic. I feel like the show's quality has gone up a little bit. I hope y'all are enjoying listening as much as I'm enjoying making them. I know I've said that before, but I, I really do. I have so much fun doing this. So and, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, truly, thank you. Hope everybody out there is having a good week so far. Um, go check out previous episodes uh, of the show if you haven't yet. We have, like I said, there's seven other episodes at this point. So go check them out, catch up. Go listen to our mock draft episode. I, that's one of my personal favorites. I really enjoy that one. Our the last episode that came out, just you know, we talk break down the UGA spring game, I, I believe, and just that sort of thing. And so, well, let's talk about the uh, the the Lamar Jackson um, situation a little bit, as well as the Jalen Hurts, new Jalen Hurts contract. So go go listen to those if you haven't listened to that. Um, but yeah, let's we'll jump into today's episode. And, you know, I got a bunch of things I want to talk about, several things. Um, really excited. But I'm, I'm exhausted, like full transparency. I, I'm so, so tired. I stayed up way too late. Okay, I, I watched... I started watching this reality show last time. I'm only like two episodes in, but I started watching that, and that kind of caused me to go go to bed or later than I should have. Watching this reality show, I, I forget what it's called. I want to say it's called like Jury Duty or something. I, I only watched like two episodes, but it's like I was laughing so hard. It's like a reality show, and it's like a it's like a court case reality show. But everybody on the show is a paid actor, so like all the jury, all the jury members, the judge. Like the, 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 the like the, the lawyers, the people that, like in the case, they're all paid actors and they all know that they're on like a reality show. Except for one guy who's just a normal dude and he thinks that he actually got called in for jury duty and the only reason the cameras are there is that they're filming a documentary about jury duty. So he thinks that everything that's happened so like they keep like all this crazy stuff keeps happening in this case and the guy thinks that it's real but and everybody's in on the joke except for him it's real stupid but like at the same time i was laughing super hard at it last night i'm I'm probably going to keep watching it later today honestly but not a recommendation i don't i I haven't watched it enough to know if it's good or bad but what i watched it was really funny i'm kind of curious to see how it goes but anyway let's talk let's talk football enough about reality tv um you know don't watch tv kids it wastes your time rots your brain don't do that but let's talk football um, topic one is Alabama in trouble. Um, you know Paul Feinbaum, the esteemed Paul Feinbaum, the icon Paul Feinbaum. Um, he 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 seems to think that Alabama is in trouble this season, namely at the quarterback position. He said said so on a show the other day. I'm gonna just read his direct quote because. I can read his quote better than I can paraphrase it. And so full credit to Paul for this. Um, it says, a week can change a lot. I don't I don't think it's going to change the internals. It may, it may change the externals. We may get out there on Saturday and Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson looks great in a very limited, controlled situation. And you're getting blown up at 730 next Monday morning about fans saying, what you're talking about, we've got a great quarterback. I don't think that's going to happen. That's Paul saying that. 
so it, it appears that Paul Feinbaum seems to think that Nick Saban might have a problem on his hands, and even if fans may not think so after the spring game. It, 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 and personally, I, I don't think Feinbaum is wrong. I, I, from what we saw from Jaden Milrow, uh, albeit it, it, it was in a small sample size last season, but it, what we saw, it wasn't very impressive. And Ty Simpson, he's young. We have no evidence that he's capable of being a starter this year. And so that leaves the great Nick Saban in an interesting predicament. Um, he hasn't won a national title in two years, which for Nick Saban, that's saying something. I don't think he's gone two years without going to the title game his entire career at Alabama. Like He's just... When you're Nick Saban, when you're at Alabama, that is the standard, and he he has he hasn't won one in in two years, um, and, and and so, and that was with arguably the best quarterback he's ever had. Uh, he he needs to win. He needs to win this year, and he needs to look competent at the quarterback position this year. Otherwise, the fans there at Alabama, because the standard has been so high for so long, they're going to start getting antsy. It's now, now, Saban is in a position where he doesn't have to worry about his job, obviously. So when I say the fans are going to start getting antsy, I don't mean like they're going to start calling for Saban's job. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But he, he, he wants to win, and he needs to win. And I'm not sure that Saban himself is sure that he he can win with Milrow or Simpson at the quarterback position. Some people, it, it appears, Paul Feinbaum, it, 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 it appears to think that Saban should consider other options, such as players from the transfer portal. Um, I, I don't see Saban doing that at, at this late. I mean, I'm, I don't think Saban's opposed to the transfer portal. I mean, he's shown that he's not opposed to the transfer portal. But it, it's real. If he was going to go that route, I feel like he would have gone that route immediately after the season. But who knows? I could be surprised. I don't think that he'll he's going to do that. But here's the thing. I think it's a great idea for, for Nick Saban to do that. I, I did not like what I saw from Jaden Milrow last year. Um, I, I, I'm I'm sure Saban didn't particularly like what he saw last year. It wasn't impressive. Saban has only started one true freshman in an opening day game his whole time at Alabama, I believe, Jalen Hurts. Um, obviously, he put in um, Tua Tagovailoa during his freshman year in that national title game, but he wasn't the starter throughout the year. And, and so, so I don't see him starting Ty Simpson simply because he's so young. Um so that leaves him with Milrow at the option of starter. It, and there are, and this I do not mean that it, this as a shot at Milrow in any way, but there are much better quarterbacks in the transfer portal available than Jaden Milrow. My suggestion would, would be to go get that kid from Coastal Carolina. Um, Grayson McCall, I believe his name is. Um, he, he, he's going to be entering the transfer portal here in a few weeks. He, he's... he's uh, He's graduating from there. He waited to something happened with like his credits. Like if he transferred, not all of his credits would transfer. So something. So he decided to wait to enter the portal to after he graduates from Coastal Carolina here in a few weeks, and then he'll enter the portal as a graduate transfer. So he, and he's already reportedly considering Auburn. Grayson McCall is. So if you're considering Auburn, and then Nick Saban calls you and offers you the starting job at Alabama. At this point, you're going to be picking Alabama over Auburn, especially with Auburn being like the dumpster fire of a program that it is. I mean, that it's on fire right now. 
I, I think it's going to start heading the right direction, but I, I think Alabama is the clear better option at this point. Gr- Grayson McCall is the answer to Nick Saban's problems, in my opinion. No, like I said, I don't think this will happen. But this is me as a football fan. What what I would love to see happen. Um, I, honestly, it would, it would scare me a little bit if if it did happen as a Georgia fan, um, just because we would. I think Grayson McCall would be able to get Nick Saban over that hump that I think that they're going to struggle to. And that means Georgia would have to play them if both teams made it to the SEC championship or the playoffs. But but at the end of the day, I think Nick Saban will get this figured out. He he's he's the he's the goat. I mean he 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 he's he's the goat for a reason. He's, he's, so he's going to figure out. He's probably seen ten moves ahead of us. As fans, I mean, then Nick Saban. He, I'm not worried about him, but I am worried about the position slightly at Alabama. I would go get Grayson McCall. Whatever, whatever team gets Grayson McCall is going to be very lucky. That kid is a baller. I've, I've the kid can play. I've watched him at Coastal Carolina, and just I know I get that they were playing lower level teams on like lower classification schools but he's still impressive like I mean he beat BYU a couple years ago on like one day notice back during COVID in 2020 you know that that infamous uh the Mormons versus Mullets game <laughs> um, I think whatever I, I think whatever team gets him from the portal is, is going to be extremely happy with the results um and I think that team should be Alabama I think I think Nick Saban should go out and make a move this offseason and just secure that quarterback, just to have that security there, so that it doesn't rely on such a young guy like Ty Simpson or a unproven guy like Jaden Milrow. Uh, the, the second thing I really want to talk about on this episode here is you know, ESPN re- released their uh, power index, um, their, 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 their projections for the college football playoffs, um, who's going to make it. So they, they released their projection, and you know. As usual, it's the typical suspects in the mix for the most part. You know, Ohio State has an 82% chance of making the playoffs, they're saying. Um, and I'm going to talk about that. Then Georgia has a 63% chance. Alabama has a 62% chance. And then lastly, the Texas Longhorns have a 34% chance. Listen, Georgia, Alabama... Obviously, they're going to be in the mix. Um, the only the only reason I feel like their odds are lower than Ohio State's is because they will most likely have to play each other. And overall, I, I think that their t- path is a little tougher because they play in the SEC. Obviously, I do have some SEC bias. I know Georgia has a relatively easy schedule this year, but they still play in the SEC. They're still going to have to play some tough games, tough teams. Same for Bama. It's easier to play in the Big Ten than it is the SEC, and I stand on that, but I am biased. Um, I'm curious what this computer, because it's a computer ranking, I'm curious to see what this computer is is seeing that makes the computer put Ohio State with the best odds. They do have the number one recruiting classroom this year, but I I I don't think that's going to affect them much this year. A lot of those guys, they're not going to be impact players their freshman year. Ohio State loses their quarterback. They lose some of their best receivers. And it's it's important, in my opinion, to not overlook the fact that Michigan is still in that division. 
And, you know, that's the same Michigan that returns most of their pieces, the same Michigan that's gone to the playoffs the last two years in a row, the same Michigan that has beaten Ohio State the last two years. I, 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 I don't care about the analytics quite as much in this situation as I care about the manalytics. And from what I'm seeing, the, the computer it, it is, is putting a lot of stock in the players that are on the roster, not the pl- players that are playing. Um, could they win the division? Yes, obviously. They're Ohio State. Could, could they make the playoff? Yes, obviously. They're Ohio State. They're they're always contenders. But to say that they have the best chance to make the playoff and the best chance at the title is slightly crazy, in my opinion, considering they haven't even won their division the last two years. The odds of the playoff commission putting them two years in a row without winning their division, like, again, if they were to not win their division this year is incredibly low in my opinion. I, I think, like I said, the, I think the computer is putting way too much stock in this upcoming recruiting class and not actually taking into account what team Ohio State is actually going to put on the field come September or what they're going to have to overcome in, in their division playing Michigan. Uh, it, it, that, at this point, it's Michigan. It's Michigan's ball game. Like they, they, they have owned Ohio State the last couple of years. Now I know that for the 15 years before that, Ohio State owned Michigan. But right now, it's Jim Harbaugh's division, and, and I, I, I'm not seeing. And I'm not saying this to just pile on Ohio State. I, I think Ohio State's going to be a legitimate contender. But to say that they have the best odds of any team when they're losing all of these pieces it, it is just a little bit absurd when there's other teams that should definitely. I feel like it's a little bit disrespectful to Michigan. I feel like it's a little bit disrespectful to UGA. And I, I, I just I don't like that. But I also think that it's interesting that the computer seems to think that Texas makes the playoffs. Um, well, while the Longhorns, they, they took a step in the right direction in 2022. I mean, they had Alabama on the ropes. If, if, I mean, if, if, if their quarterback doesn't get hurt early in that game, I truly think that Texas wins that game. I mean, like, if, yeah, if Quinn Ewers doesn't go down, I think Alabama was in trouble. Um, but that being said, Texas still definitely has work to do before they're a legitimate playoff contender. I, I, I do think they have a chance to make that push because of the conference that they play in. I mean, I mean they play in the Big 12. Oklahoma's down. TCU's going to have a rougher season than they did last year. I mean, the odds of TCU having that season that they had last season, like that's not going to happen. They're losing too much. Uh, so the, the Big 12 is wide open, and I do see a path for Texas to get in the conversation of the playoff late in the season. But at, at the end of the day, when that smoke clears, I, I do think that... <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. I, I, I do think Texas will be left out of the playoff picture. I, I really do. They're, they're still just a couple years away from that next step. I think Steve Sarkeesian, Sark, he's he's building the program there at Texas really well. Uh, and I do believe they will make the playoff in the, in the future, in the next three to five years. I really do think Texas will be there, especially with the playoff expanding. But I, I just do not see it happening this year. When the smoke settles, 
I don't think Texas is going to be one of the best four teams in the country. And at the end of the day, that's what the playoff committee is looking at, who's the best four teams. And I don't think we're going to be able to honestly say at the end of the season that Texas is one of the best four teams, regardless of what the computer says preseason. Once again, is it, re- is it taking into account the number of five stars on the roster, or is it going to actually take into account who's actually going to be playing and what the games themselves are going to look like? That needs to be taken into consideration. Um, last thing I, I want to hit on for a minute is uh, a report came out from a CBS, CBS Sports. They, they put out a report where they think some of the, the not top quarterbacks um, that are going to the draft where they think they're going to land. Like the not Bryce Youngs, the not C.J. Strouds of the world. And they have an interesting take on former UGA quarterback Stetson Bennett. Uh, CBS thinks that Bennett would be a good fit with the the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I like this. I, I love some drama. And what's more dramatic than the the dra- the Ravens drafting a you know a mid round twenty six year old quarterback instead of paying former MVP Lamar Lamar Jackson, it, it, think about it, it, it's a good fit. Um, you know Bennett he's a good mobile quarterback, he fits the Ravens style. You know he he's mobile he can throw the ball. You know that's they 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 liked they like to. Kind of dink and dunk and run, run, move the quarterback there in Baltimore, and, and, and you know, top it off. Um, Stetson Bennett's former offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, the man he won two national titles with, is now the offensive coordinator for the Ravens. Um, took that job a couple months ago. I, now I don't think this is likely. I, I'm re- really, I really, honestly, am going to be shocked if Baltimore and Lamar don't come to an agreement of some sort before the end before before the season starts even if that is just Lamar agreeing to sign and play and play on the non-exclusive franchise tag um however I, I I would not be shocked if Baltimore takes a flyer on a mid to late round quarterback just to have them on the roster and if they do I think Bennett is an extremely good fit Obviously, there's some concerns on his maturity, um, but but since Bennett's probably going to be a third to seventh round, you know, pick, it, it's worth the risk. You're not really going to be risking that much if it doesn't work out with him. Um, he, he, Bennett has delivered at every level so far. I, there's no reason to believe that he would not be successful on the NFL level. If I was the Ravens. I would definitely make this move. I would still attempt to re-sign Lamar Jackson, obviously. I, I, you know, I, I've said it before, and I'll, I'll say it again. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson, both sides, they need to grow up and come to a solution. There, you know, there has to be a middle, middle ground. Um, both parties are going to have to like give something. But if, if Jalen Hurts and the Eagles can come to an agreement, so can the Ravens and Lamar. But you know, it never hurts, never hurts to have an insurance policy. Always have an insurance policy, and if if I was the Ravens, a 5'11", 26-year-old, former walk-on, two-time national championship winning quarterback from Blackshear, Georgia, would be the perfect insurance policy to have. Now, I am biased, but that's just me. <laughs> but anyway, 
that's going to do it for this episode of This Is True. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, follow us on Spotify, rate us five stars on Spotify. Be sure to tune in next week for the next episode of This Is True.